Hi and welcome to The Practice Gap, the podcast for closing the gap between the practice you have and the one that you want. I'm Elizabeth, a chiropractor, a business owner, coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you move from frustration and overwhelm to clarity, focus and joy in practice. Hi Atla, it's wonderful to see you here today. Thank you for coming all the way from Stavanger. Well, thanks for inviting me. Could you start by uh, telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, 58 years old, graduated from chiropractic college in 1991, so I've been in practice for 31 years. Wow. Today we are going to speak about one of the biggest um, challenges that most chiropractors have, and that is making a plan with the patients. In your 31 years of experience... Wow, I (laughs) feel old. (laughs) Not old, just wise. Well, that too. Yeah. If you could advise a younger chiropractor how to become good at making practice treatments plans with the patients, where would you start? Well, first of all, you can't treat all the patients the same way. Some people's hand you need to grab, I mean, metaphorically, and lead them. And then you have the ones that they ride their own carrot in life, you know. And and, and those people will have to just be able to do their stuff their way. You can't force them into a system or anything like that. But most people are also looking for someone to to lead them because they're insecure, unsure, uneducated about uh, health and well-being and, and, and how to behave. So a lot of people like that we give them advice and, and actually present the plan. And then you have that small group that just hate that and, and let those guys just uh, do their own thing. Mm-hmm. From your uh, experience, have you noticed any <laughs> trends in when into the treatment plan or uh, into the treat um, if you're a new chiropractic uh, patient and you get a couple of uh, treatments it takes a little bit to get used to chiropractic treatment do you have some kind of time feeling when you see the patient actually get it when they're like when they go over from do you have to come back to when should i come back I try and more or less set them up from uh, the very first visit, just in the way you ask them about their problem or problems. And and you, in a way, through your questioning, you're kind of trying to enlighten the patient to understand their own life and how they have performed before. Like, how long have you had it? Do you do something regularly that, that, that makes this worse? Is there something at work? I mean, you're trying to let them reflect over their own life, both uh, personally and, and professionally. Sometimes they already get it the first time, like, oh yeah, I can kind of see why I'm here today, you know, through your questioning. So I start that, you know, the minute they come in, you know, mm. through before I really know the patient. and. Uh, Try to be a detective, not just for me so I can give them the best treatment, but also for them to reflect over their own life and and, and maybe hopefully crack some of their own codes and 
Mm. Yeah. Do you have any favorite uh, surprising things you ask your patients? Maybe I do, but I haven't really ref- reflected <laughs> over it. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll let that sit in the back of my brain. I, m- I might come up with something. I know from listening to you hold some lectures um, for other chiropractors uh, earlier that you have some excellent ways uh, to explain chiropractic to your patients. Oh boy. Putting or what? <laughs> if you could um, give some examples of metaphors that you use in practice because sometimes it's hard to explain chiropractic to a patient so mm. they understand it uh, before they have the bodily experience of mm. what you can do. Mm. You, you know and that's actually a big pet peeve for me is that we as a profession and and there are too many of us that show our insecurity problem through trying to be super scientific and and we come up with the most uh, ornate explanation models with all kinds of jargon that you know it just goes way over people's heads they have no chance of following our ideas they might be correct but it's just not the correct setting you know to be ultra scientific and i really really believe in in using metaphors and and making this making a picture for people so they don't have to understand the words but but you create a picture and they go ah i get it you know and, uh, i think we too often overcomplicate things and i had an example um a couple of months ago a patient of mine she called in and she said listen i was at your practice a couple of days ago and you said the reason my low back hurts is that it's locked up. But I went to the medical doctor yesterday and he said the reason I had low back pain was due to inflammation. And I said, well, if you take your car and you drive it with a handbrake on, what's going to happen? Well, the brakes are going to get hot. you know. And I said, so if you took this to a car uh, repair place and they said, well, the problem with your car is hot brakes, so you need to cool down the brakes. Would you be very happy with that uh, car repair place? And the patient goes, no. And I said, well, uh, the brakes are hot because the brakes are on. So what you need to do is to take the brakes off the car and then it'll work. And that's what we do as chiropractors. I mean, we, we take the brakes off that have come on. And when you take the brakes off, you know, the brakes will cool down by themselves. So it's, the inflammation is the effect. It's not the cause. So, so that's one of the metaphors I use. Excellent. That's uh, really good. Do you have any other ones? Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just inside uh, the door where the uh, patients enter my, my, my treatment room, I have um, a light switch. And then, of course, I have, uh, I have lights in the ceiling. And they come in, and sometimes I check them out, and they, they might have a knee problem. And I do a lot of extremity work as a chiropractor. But, you know, just because the pain is in the knee region, it doesn't have to be... Uh, the cause of their pain. I tell people, if I if I turn the light switch on and off, it's not the light switch that blinks. It, it's the light in the ceiling. Uh, and the body works in that way too. So maybe your uh, light switch is in the middle of your low back uh, and then the light in the ceiling is, is your knee area. So you feel it in the knee area, but it could actually be referred pain. 
from from a low back problem without actually having pain in the, in low back the the metaphor about the light switch and the and the light is maybe the one i use the most Ooh. oh and yeah. we do have we do have a colleague and, and he puts it a little bit more graphic terms he says if you pull a dog's tail the sound comes out in the other end so <laughs> so it's so what we are doing it makes uh, sense for uh, us new dog owners out there I think it must be 15 years ago or something. I was in your <laughs> clinic. Oh boy, here it comes. <laughs> yeah, here it comes. And you had um, a story about uh, a patient uh, who came to you with um, shoulder pain. He was quite young. And it was about comparing the cost of treatment to something that the patient could relate to. Do you remember the story, or should I enlighten no, you? No, you, you need to enlighten me a, a little more. Because uh, I use this story all the oh, time. Okay, oh, oh, thanks. And the guy comes in. He said he had came into with a really painful shoulder. He had had been in. He was twenty something year. He'd been um, having the problems for a couple of months. And he comes into your office and he gets four or five treatments and he feels great. He's like, oh my shoulder, it's amazing it's wonderful but it was super expensive <laughs> and i guess he, at that time he triggered something i think you said it in a nice way he said what are you doing tomorrow and he's like i'm going out of town drinking beer okay so okay. how much money do you spend tomorrow and then he kind of shut up and he got the point and he left and he smiled and i think it was it wasn't that bad. Yeah, and actually I must say I use that quite often because with women I usually ask them how much they spend at the hairdressers. Oh, uh, that's, that's a good <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, how much they spend on other useless things that is not going to improve their health. And, and you know what? I like things. I like to buy stuff. I like to go on vacations. I'm, I'm not against that people should enjoy themselves and spend money that doesn't necessarily build you up and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not a nerd like that. But uh, still, I mean, they, put, they, they need to put things into perspective. I'm a very traditional chiropractor. I do and I love adjusting. I love the manual work that we do. And for me, that is like... It's like playing an instrument and that's what really, it really excites me every day that I can go to work and, and, and do my, my music, which is playing this, this instrument that is doing the adjustments on the human body. Sometimes I say, you know, if you really, really want to become the best violinist out there, you don't get better by studying music theory, you know, you need to play that instrument. And, and I think I'm really good at it. When you're really good at it, it doesn't mean like you need a heck of a long time with a patient. You can go in and you can actually fix sometimes really complicated stuff for us in a fairly easy manner. Now, sometimes they need other uh, therapies and stuff too in addition, but I, I'm amazed at how well just basic, traditional, old-fashioned chiropractic adjusting works. But it doesn't take a very long time. Yeah. And then, so when people put a certain wad of money down for the treatment and they look at their watch and say, well, you know, that's you're paid pretty well because this didn't take long. And I'm like, you know, it, you should really focus more on the quality of the care. I mean, how much did this help you and, and stuff instead of the quantity, the time spent in, in the doctor's office? 
And I um, have uh, realized that a lot of my patients, I mean, people are uh, busy. They don't want to throw away time. So if you're like early in treatment, telling the patients like one of the benefits of coming to this office that it doesn't take a long time. We can actually have a treatment plan because when you, when you come into the office, you don't, you're not going to spend half the day and we are on time and we try to be on time. And this is uh, one of the benefits. So that could also set time perspective in, into perspective. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, as an intern like 30 years ago, uh, I had this patient that came in and he was on the board of close to 20 big Norwegian companies. You know, these companies grossed like billions and billions of Norwegian krona and he was a, a hotshot and he came in and, and, and he's like, wow, if, if I could take what you do here in this practice... And and show or tell people, you know, in these companies that I'm on the board for. I mean, you guys could teach them so much because you get so much done in so little time with such high quality. And that, uh, for me, as an as a newly educated chiropractor, that someone actually saw the the benefit of yeah. this uh, and and really celebrated it. I thought that was wonderful because. You do have some that make a lot of noise, but oh, this went quick, and you know, it's, and it's expensive. But but still, but you got better, didn't you? Oh, yeah, much better. Well, think about that instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, great. Thank you so much, Atla. And I'm happy to say that uh, I'm going to invite you b- back into the next episode, and then we are going to pick your brain about one of your favorite topics, and that's chiropractic technique. Oh, my favorite. Yes, thank you. Sure.